I'm so grateful. And I'm glad that we sang that song today because, right, we are in the season of giving, season of gratitude, a season of remembering uh, that everything that we have comes from God. Amen? Uh, Every financial provision, uh, every job that you've ever had, every dime that you've ever made uh, ultimately comes from God. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Uh, we might have a lot of, uh, of, of, of degrees. You might have a master's and a PhD and you might say, hey, I worked for this money. I worked for this job. But really at the end of the day, uh, the Bible is very clear that everything that we have, God provides. He is our provider. And so we want to give thanks to God and give gratitude for everything that he's done. Now, one of the greatest things that God has done, we know as, as Christ followers, and maybe if you're in this place today and uh, you're like, I don't know if I believe in God yet or I'm not really sure where I'm at with God. Uh, listen, I just want you to listen here today because I believe God could do something in your heart. But really what I believe and, and what many of us here in this place believe is that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins so that we could have life. And that's ultimately what we're so incredibly grateful for. He lived a perfect, sinless, spotless life never messed up once. Listen, I I probably messed up three times just last night. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I feel anyway. And I know that's how you feel sometimes. And yet Jesus was perfect and he died for you and for me. And you know, um, we're in Mission Sunday today. Uh, This is what today is all about is highlighting some of our missionaries. Uh, We have two of them that are going to come up in just a moment to speak with you. Uh, But I want to set the the framework, right? We're in this series called uh, Who Do You Stand For? And at the very beginning, I talked about this, and I say it every single week, is, is that I think that who you stand for might be more important than what you stand for. Because what you stand for is an ideal, right? It's an idea. Uh, it, it's a concept, like these things that we stand for. What do you stand for? And how do these concepts come about? Well, they come through people, right? People are the ones that come up with these ideas that we stand for and, and the concepts that we believe in. And God calls us to stand for certain groups of people uh, all throughout scripture. So we talked about week one, that we're going to stand for the oppressed, stand for people uh, that maybe can't stand for themselves, stand for people that are marginalized, stand for people all over the world that are in need of help in in many different capacities. We, We kind of covered a little bit about modern day slavery even and human trafficking. And we highlighted an organization called A21, which is all about helping uh, people that are in modern day slavery get out of this and preventing it from happening in the first place. So they have a prevention, uh, they have rescue, and they have lots of different things afterwards where they help people that have been in it because many times they're very emotionally, mentally, spiritually scarred. So who do you stand for? We stand for the oppressed. There's many people that are oppressed in our world today. And uh, then the next week we talked about uh, Stand Sunday, right? Who was here for Stand Sunday? Come on, that was powerful, right? Like it was just a beautiful time of, of worshiping together. Stand Sunday, it's also called Orphan Sunday, which you can guess what it's all about. It's about standing for orphans, standing for children that do not have a loving family, uh, do not have a home that they can call home, right? And so uh, we wanted to stand for them. And the Bible says very clearly that true religion is what? True religion is standing up for widows and orphans, taking care of them in their time of need. That's James 1.27. You can look it up. It's there, all right? So that's what the Bible says. That's what religion is really all about. It's not about us, but it's about taking care of others. One of those people groups we stand for are orphans. Uh, Last week, we had another great week, but listen, I'm telling you, I'm excited for uh, this Sunday because this Sunday is all about standing for the world. Someone say, the world. You got to say it like Morgan Freeman, the world. (laughs) I can't do Morgan Freeman very well. I love doing accents, but I can't do his, man. He's just too good. So uh, we stand for the world. And it's not just about uh, people that are in our corner, right? And we're going to hear from a local missionary today. And we're going to hear from uh, a global missionary as well today. And I, I think it's, it has to be a holistic approach when you talk about missions. When you talk about standing for the world and advancing the kingdom of God, you, you have to not just think about people that are right here in your backyard, but you have to think about people that are across the pond that are all over the world. But many times churches will focus exclusively on people that are all over across the world, and then they forget about the people that are right in their backyard. 
And I think it's a great thing to not just focus on one or the other, but it's really a both and kind of a situation. We want to stand for our community, but we also want to stand for the world because that's what God calls us to do. Uh, Jesus, the last thing that he said before he left this earth was he gave what's called the Great Commission, right? Uh, maybe you know the Great Commission. He says, go and what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And then he says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And that's the last thing that Bible records Jesus saying before uh, he goes back to heaven, after he's been resurrected, all of that Easter story that you know well, right? So he goes back to heaven at that point. And that's the last thing that he leaves them with is this charge to go. Go, like don't just be comfortable. Don't just sit in, in the place that you're comfortable in and not actually do anything, not advance the kingdom of God. Jesus was all about advancing the gospel, advancing the kingdom of God, taking ground for the kingdom. How many of you know that, how many of you know that we are in a spiritual battle? We're in a spiritual battle. The Bible says that we're not fighting against each other, but we're actually fighting against powers and principalities and the dark rulers of this world, right? So we're fighting against Satan and his demons. And there's this spiritual realm that so many of us are, uh, we, we feel like we maybe don't really understand, but let me tell you, it is very, very real. And we're trying to take ground for the kingdom of God, amen? Like, I'm not trying to be silent. I'm not trying to sit back, but I wanna see people saved, healed, delivered, set free by the power of Jesus. Come on, is there anybody else that would love to see Hayes County and our world changed by the power of Jesus? Come on. That's what it's all about. That's what being a Christian is all about. It's not just about me and my relationship with God, my personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Like that's great and all. I love that. And that's great that you have that personal relationship. But man, being a Christian is not just about you. Being a, when you become a Christian, you are now focused on others because Jesus was pretty much exclusively focused on others. As you can see, it seemed like he didn't really regard himself uh, very highly in a sense because it says he took the form of a servant, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he died on a cross for you and for me. That's not really looking out for yourself, is it? And so Jesus says that last thing, he says, go into all the world, make disciples. But really, if you look at the original language, uh, it, it doesn't say go and make disciples. It actually says, as you are going, make disciples. As, as you're going throughout your life and just disciple people as you're living your life, whether you're at a coffee shop, whether you're uh, um, hanging out with family at home, whether you're at church, whether you're at your work, wherever it is that you go, as you are going, this is something that we're supposed to be doing. Doesn't necessarily mean that uh, if you wanna fulfill the Great Commission, that you have to drop everything, sell everything and move to Africa, right? Like that's not what that's saying. It's just saying, hey, as you are living your everyday life, make it a point to make disciples along the way. Whether that's your kids, come on, that's the most important. If you have children, those are the most important disciples that you will ever have. The most important pupils, that's really what disciple means, right? It's someone that follows, that they're watching, they're listening, they're learning from you, okay? So those are the most important people in your life. Disciple your children, help them to find and follow Jesus from a young age. And the Bible says they'll never depart from it but also the people around you, your work, your friends, your family. But then there's also this element of going that I think is powerful where you see Paul on these multiple missionary journeys where he just drops everything and just goes, right? You see many times in the New Testament, all these different New Testament letters that he writes to all these different churches, which that's what most of the New Testament is, is him simply writing letters to churches that he has visited already or, or, or churches that he wants to visit. And he goes all over Asia. He goes all over the place. It's incredible how far Paul travels in order to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's how important it is. Amen? I think the, the Bible is so important to be spread all over the world, but there's many people groups and there's many countries and nations and, 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 and people groups that have no idea who Jesus even is. To me, I think that's on us, Right? I think we need to take some responsibility for this. I, I don't think that you can personally be responsible for everyone's salvation in the world, right? But listen, we all as the body of Christ all across the world can take responsibility for the peace that we have responsibility for. Listen, if I'm in Hayes County here, I'm in Kyle, Texas, I'm in Butte, I'm in San Marcos, I'm at this workplace, I have these family members, I'm gonna take responsibility for those that are presented to me. 
And when I take responsibility for those people that are presented to me, I believe that Jesus uh, will honor that. And, and if everyone in the body of Christ, in the big C church, right, if all of the church would take responsibility for the entire world and for the people that are around them, then I think we could spread the gospel at an incredible rate as it is right now. So what I want to do is I just want to uh, bring up a few of these missionaries and we're going to start with a local missionary who's actually on staff here at Radical Church. Okay, some of you already know who I might be talking about here today. Uh, this amazing woman of God, come on now, uh, preached just a few weeks ago. And if you were here, you probably know who she is. And, and I just wanted to give a highlight uh, to the ministry that her and her husband, Kyland, uh, do. It is Paige Evans. So Paige, why don't you go ahead and come on up here, wherever you at, girl. Come on up. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to talk about you for a second. Can I do that? Okay, all right, cool. So Paige and Kyland are amazing. Uh, they've been on the team since day one, right? I mean, like the very beginning. And it's been incredible to see what God has done in their ministry here at Radical Church uh, to all of you. But they have a ministry called Chi Alpha at Texas State. Uh, it's all about reaching young people, reaching college students at Texas State for Jesus. How many of you know Texas State needs Jesus? Come on now. <laughs> Some of y'all that went there, you're like, praise God. He's not lying. So, hey, why don't you give it up for Paige Evans as she takes the mic this morning. Thanks. Good morning, Rad Fam. So like uh, Pastor Trevor said, um, I had the great honor of being a communication director here with my husband, Kylan. So we've been here since the beginning of RAD and so glad to have some of my Chi Alpha girls and guys here. Um, but yeah, so my story with Chi Alpha is I was actually a student in Chi Alpha. I went to Texas State to uh, get a degree in journalism a few years back and was going to Texas State just with a mindset of I'm going there for my decisions, my choices, and then I'll add in God at some point. But Chi Alpha really helped me understand to put God first instead of putting my plans first. <clears throat> and so Chi Alpha was my first introduction to discipleship, missions, like Pastor Trevor said, the idea of you're taking responsibility for those around you and making sure that at least from you, they know they've heard the gospel. They can ensure that they've at least seen Jesus and that they've been um, welcomed in a relationship with him. So before I tell you a little bit about Chi Alpha, again, like I said, um, I'm a journalism major. That's what I got my degree in, and so I love stories. So I want to tell you all a story with my girls. Uh, my best friend, Valerie, she came to Chi Alpha a couple years ago while I was still a student leader um, and did not want anything to do with church, nothing with God. Uh, she came from just a really rough home life, had a very bad experience with church, didn't trust people. She saw her identity in guys and her achievements and was just very much focused on like herself and then everything else is kind of an add-in and perk if she wants to focus on it. But we met her on campus and she saw these people who had a joy and a peace that she did not have in the midst of midterms and finals. And so she came to one of our uh, main meetings that we have and as soon as she walked in the door, there were people loving on her, smiling. Uh, she wanted to leave as soon as she got there. But then she kept on staying and she stayed all the way through our meeting. So first impressions team, Y'all are the reasons why people are here. I can't, I can't emphasize enough how important it is a smile, a friendship is. Because in Chi Alpha, we say students need to feel like they belong before they're going to believe. And so Valerie didn't want to hear about God. She didn't want to come to small groups. She didn't want to do all these different things. But she was so desperate for a community. And that's how a lot of our students at Texas State are. A lot of them just have recently moved away from their homes for the first time. They don't have family. They don't have their old support groups. Um, a lot of times they've never really truly been introduced to Jesus. Um, I had a friend who actually comes to RAD too. Um, she lives in, grew up in Bastrop. And she was never really introduced to God until she got into Chi Alpha ever. And so this wasn't the fact that she was staunchly against Christ. She just didn't know Christ. Um, some students don't really know how to take ownership of their faith, so they've grown, grown up going to church because their parents told them to or out of obligation, but then they get into a place where people are telling them what else they should listen to, and then they just listen to whatever is the loudest voice screaming at them, right, instead of listening to Christ, and they don't know how to take ownership and make that choice to follow God. <clears throat> And part of it, too, is they just don't know where to fit in, right? Because in families, we, or in churches, we see a lot of families, and it's awesome, right? But sometimes we don't see that kind of that transitionary college age, young adult age, right? And so they're just like, do I belong here? Do I fit in here? 
And so that's where Chi Alpha comes in. Our mission statement for Chi Alpha is a recall to reconcile students to Christ and empower them to transform the campus, the marketplace, and the world. And so it is truly this most strategic mission field. Texas State is almost over to having 40K students. It's one of the top five biggest public universities in Texas. We get people from all over Texas, but also from all over the country. We also have 500 international students who come to our campus, a lot of them from closed countries, which means you can't bring in a Bible, you can't talk about Jesus, um, and even to any degree without getting persecuted for it. Or even then, maybe they're in countries where just culturally it's not something they're super interested in. But they're here and they want to learn English. They wanted to get to know Americans. And so we get an opportunity to love on them and serve them and show them Christ that way. So we get so many different types of students at Texas State. They're all in this one spot that we get to hang out with them for at least four years. So what we do is our whole strategy is we create community where they can find Christ and be powered to use their giftings for Christ. We always say we want to call out the gold in them. We always see a crown above their heads that God's given them with their giftings and their callings. They just don't know it's there yet. And so it's our job as Chi Alpha missionaries to call out the gold in them and show them all the awesome things that God has for them if they would only accept him as Lord, right? And so when people feel like they belong, they begin to believe. And so back to my friend Val, uh, again, she wanted nothing to do with church at all. That was not her thing. But she would come to Chi Alpha. She would come to small group. She would go to our conferences. She would go hang out. And so it was the community that was drawing her in. And she started asking questions about why our community was the way that it was. And we said, well, we love God. We trust him. We trust him with our finals. We trust him with our studies. We trust him with our relationships. We don't stress out about things. We don't put our value in other people and other things because it's just not as good as putting our value in God. And she so started to understand and learn that, oh yeah, this is, this is something that God wants for me too. And so Valerie accepted Christ in Chi Alpha and she had her back miraculously healed. And so all these different things that were weighing her down were suddenly gone. Things she had been working for years to get rid of, they were completely erased. And so also with Chi Alpha, we tell again the empowerment part. We tell the students, now that you know Christ, go share it with someone else. This is too good to hold on by yourself. And so we give them trainings to learn how to lead small groups of their own. And so Val took up the responsibility, started leading her own small groups, and then she had people like Espy get into her small group. Y'all, we, mm, we prayed for Espy so hard because she was going through so much. But now, after being loved on by Chi Alpha and being transformed in Chi Alpha by Christ, Espy is a mom of, she actually had her second kid recently. She is a teacher in Abilene, and she is just an amazing um, amazingly involved in her church. And she just is such an integral part of her church. And the cool thing is, too, with Chi Alpha, um, it's crazy to see how it affects the families, right? And so as Valerie was learning how to trust God and learning how to um, love on other people, she began living on her little sisters. And so her sister, Ashley, actually came to Chi Alpha, wanted nothing to do with what her big sister was doing, but she got drawn in by the community. And so she kept coming and coming and coming. And then Ashley also accepted Christ, was miraculously healed of her asthma and her severe depression. And I had the great honor of discipling uh, Ashley for a little bit and mentoring her and kind of walking her through what it's like to have a relationship with Christ. And then there was one time we were sitting down, uh, it was her first semester leading a small group. I was gonna talk to her, okay, this is how you do a Bible study, this is how you pray for people, this is how you, know, you handle like tough conversations. And before I could say anything, she said, hey, so what does it mean to be a missionary? I was like, oh, okay, let's like pivot real quick. And through all that that she experienced, God was actually calling her to reach the people who were just so much like her that was in South Korea. See, South Korea has the, one of the highest suicide rates of young people in the world. And Ashley had been going through that. She went through severe depression, suicidal thoughts. Again, the asthma kept her from being able to do things she wanted to do. She was confused about her major. There was a lot of things going on there. But God miraculously healed that. And so she answered the call that God had on her life. And now she actually left for South Korea last week for her second term of starting a Chi Alpha in South Korea to love on those students. Y'all, I'm so excited for her. She's so cool. Another Ashley, ironically, that we have in our group from that generation of Valerie strategically and so miraculously praying over students was Ashley Garcia. She is actually in... Um, 
Moldova right now. And so her whole thing is she's loving on students who don't even know who Christ is. And also she's helping the Ukrainian refugees where she's at. And it's crazy, all of this has happened because we have this saying in Kayafa that what God does in you, he wants to do through you. And so Ashley her, Garcia is actually using her journalistic abilities for the degree that she got to communicate with these Moldovan students that God loves them. So, and the crazier part about this too, is this happened six years ago. This is back when I was in school. And so, with Valerie, we can still feel the ripples of her discipleship and some of the girls we have now. So many students are getting baptized. We've had, I think, a couple dozen already get baptized. We actually have a girl getting baptized today after church. And that all happened because another girl wanted to love on their, her and be there for her. And that happened because another girl before her invited her to Chi Alpha and to small groups. We have guys who are learning how to disciple their family members like Alberto and helping their cousins and their young uh, siblings understand what it is to follow Christ. We're loving our international students, uh, Sheba and Lovis. Uh, I think they're the very left picture. They're from India, and they were able to find Christ in their own cultural context, but we're empowering them to be able to reach their international student friends who are at Texas State who don't know God and probably wouldn't even want to come talk to us Americans, but they'll go talk to their Indian friends. And so we're empowering these students to go share the gospel with their peers because, again, if you relate to somebody, then you'll want to hear from them, right? If you feel like you belong with someone, you're going to believe them. The crazy thing is, too, is just seeing the ripple of discipleship that happens in Chi Alpha. Um, I didn't know she was going to be here today, but we have a sweet girl named Abby who is here who accepted Christ. Uh, one of our couple of first meetings we had this past semester, and she came to Chi Alpha because Nicole, her small group leader, decided that she didn't, was not going to sit by and wait for someone else to disciple and love on these girls when she knew she needed to. Because her small group leader, Mandy, wanted to love on girls just as how she had been loved on, and she wanted to stand at the gap for the girls that didn't know Christ yet. And because of Mandy, now Abby is going to be taking leadership training, and she's going to be a small group leader and love on the next set of freshman girls, right? This does not happen unless the structure of Chi Alpha is there. And so that's why it's so important that we keep Chi Alpha going. So let me ask you this while I wrap up real quick. What if we met another Valerie or another Mandy or another Abby, right? Or even another Tristan or another Montana or all these, another Caleb, all these other guys, people that we have that are not only here at RAD, but are such an important part of our Chi Alpha group. What if we met more of these students and loved on them and just made community and space for them to be able to meet Christ in their context, right? Because we need to go to people. And I know sometimes like the college campus is so different. It's so transient. People are always coming in and out. There's so many different ideas, so many different types of people, right? And so with Chi Alpha, we can make sure we're right there with them and making plenty of space for them to ask their questions, to deal with the hard stuff, to uh, experience transformation through Christ, all because of the community. See, the crazy thing is, too, is that this does not just affect Chi Alpha. This affects the world. Because we tell our students when they graduate, they have four options. They do world missions. They can do U.S. missions, maybe Chi Alpha, maybe prison ministry, maybe different things like that, homeless ministry. Um, they can be part of church planning. They can be go help church, uh, plant a church like RAD. Or they can do marketplace ministry and reach their coworkers and their bosses and share gospel with those who are in their communities. But doing nothing is not an option for our students. And so they know when they graduate that they are going to be looking for opportunities to share the gospel and they are going to go change the world. And this is why Chi Alpha is so important. So I'm gonna have a table out in the front um, just so if y'all wanna ask for more information, we're gonna talk a little bit more. But my big ask for y'all is if you would consider partnering with us for Chi Alpha. Like most missionaries, in order to be able to stay on our mission field full time, we have to have the prayerful and financial backing of people just like you. Like I love how much RAD supports Chi Alpha, like how RAD had the pizza party for our students. That pizza party was actually the first time a couple of our students had eaten that day, and this first time they've ever been loved on by a church, right? So there's different ways to partner with students, um, a partner with Chi Alpha to love on these students. Right now, our big goal is we want to raise an additional $1,700 a month by August 23rd, so the next academic year, to be able to make sure that Kyla and I can use 
all of our focus and all of our time and all of our efforts to focus on these students who need us so much. Because again, God can do anything he wants, right? But he needs people to stand in the gap for others to help them get to that point. And that is what Chi Alpha is. So again, I have so many stories I could tell y'all about Chi Alpha that could go on for like days. Um, but again, if y'all want to talk more, hear some more stories, then uh, I'll meet you out on the table. But let me pray for you guys. Lord, thank you so much for uh, just this Rad fam, how they've just uh, taken ownership of this area, how they've just loved on you through loving people, through uh, just through COVID, through different things that um, we've worked through as a church. God, I just pray that you love on everybody who is here, um, bless them. Um, and Lord, just let our hearts be softened for missions, be softened for what you want us to invest in, how you want us to partner with, um, and how you want us to be there in different ways for the people across the world. In your son's name, amen. Come on, let's give it up for Paige. Thank you, Paige. So we, uh, we have a few Chi Alpha students that are here today, of course, that uh, some of them attend Radical and some of them are here in support of Paige and Kylan today. But uh, I just want to encourage uh, any of you that uh, maybe you went to Texas State, all right? Maybe you went to Texas State before it was called Texas State. Come on, some of you out there, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but maybe you have a heart to reach that campus and that's something that might be important to you. I'd encourage you, please, after service today, go talk to Paige, go talk to Kylan, hang out at their table uh, uh, and maybe even just get a little bit more information, get a conversation going about how you can support them. We as a church uh, support them. Uh, specifically, we also support Chi Alpha in a few different ways. Like we had a pizza party for all the students, which I'm all about it. Like, hey, let's go hang out, have a great time, uh, worship with them, give them some pizza. Uh, There's a big golf tournament that we try to support every single year because, you know, I'm a pastor and we like to play golf. Amen. So, uh, but uh, there's many different ways that we support them. And one of the big ways is uh, not only are they on staff uh, and, and they have, you know, uh, finances from radical churches being on the paid staff, but we also support them as missionaries as well. Um, and so the thing that most people don't understand, I think, is that missionaries, maybe you understand the idea of a foreign missionary, right? Where they itinerate, which if you know what that word is, is basically go around and talk to different churches, to different places, individuals, and try to raise money so that they can go and focus on the mission. But a lot of people don't realize that they have to do the same thing as the foreign missionaries do. They're just not overseas, right? Uh, so they're here stateside and they also need our support as individuals, but as well as churches. So uh, please make sure you hang out and talk to them after service because what they're doing is incredible. I've been to many Chi Alpha services. They call them Tuesday Night Live uh, and they have a great time worshiping together and it's been awesome to see the growth and how many students uh, that they're reaching and discipling. They're not just reaching students. My favorite part is, is you can really tell that students are finding and following Jesus. And they're, uh, like she said, they're actually helping others to find Jesus, which that's how I can really tell when someone becomes a mature follower in God is when you start to lead other people to Jesus, right? So uh, Paige, you're absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. Let's give it up one more time for Paige and Kylan Evans. They'll be one of our uh, Miracle Offering partners next week. So if you want to give through Radical, you can also do that next week as well. I do encourage you to talk with them. So, hey, uh, the next great, great missionary that we have here today, I'm excited to introduce you to. Uh, some of you might know him from last year. He's spoken maybe, I think, twice now, I think, at Radical Church, maybe two or three times. Uh, but he has an incredible ministry called Ancora Ministries, which is all about uh, helping a food insecure families in Guatemala. There's so much more that he does. Also stateside here in Hayes County, uh, helps out with Hayes Hope to Go, which is another one of our miracle offering partners. They have just been incredible. Esperanza uh, has come and spoken a couple times where uh, they give out clothing, they give out food, uh, and they support all of the different Hayes County, uh, Hayes CISD families that are in need. And so uh, what he does is amazing. He's also a, a uh, Hayes County resident and I said this, I think, in the vi video last year. Uh, we live 
like pretty close to each other. I actually walked to his house the other day to go hang out and talk with him. Uh, but he is a, a local guy that has a global vision, right? And I love that because I would love to support people that are local to our area, but that are doing great things across the globe, right? So would you please just give a big warm welcome to Mr. Trey Williams. Come on, Trey Williams. And Cora Ministries. Love you, bro. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. So, Ancora is a weird word, right? Um, I, the first question I get asked all the time is, what in the world does it mean? Ancora is a Latin word, and it means anchor, but it also means hope, support, and refuge. And we exist, really we exist, to help kids be everything that God created them to be. But the way that we do that is we want to offer hope, support, and refuge to vulnerable people vulnerable communities in Guatemala. That's the international part where we focus. And also, as Pastor Trevor said here locally, um, today I really want to share with you about what offering hope, love, and support to vulnerable kids in Guatemala looks like. But before I, I start, like Paige, I love stories. And I've got tons of stories, and I'm going to share at least one. But I want to start with an even better story. And it's in the book of John chapter 6. And it's really kind of going to set everything up that I want to share with you because, you know, we, Pastor Trevor opened the day talking about how we all want to live with impact, right? I mean, does anybody here not want to live with impact? Of course not. There's not going to be a hand in the air. But sometimes we don't know how to do that. It sounds great. It sounds awesome. But we can get paralyzed by... What, what does that even mean for me? It starts with a tiny little word called yes. So as, as I talk to you today and we visit, I want you to think about what the word yes might mean for your life. What might the word yes mean in the way that you interact and support Chi Alpha? What might the word yes mean in the way that you partner with Anchor Ministries? Maybe the word yes for you is going to mean something completely different. But let that word be kind of the foundational part of, of everything that we talk about today. John chapter 6, verse 1. <clears throat> After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. He was nearly, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread for all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. And after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. I love this story. I mean, whether you have been following Christ your entire life, or maybe you used to go to church, or maybe, you know, you've, you've maybe been around people who, who were Christians, chances are good <clears throat> that you've heard this story, or you've at least heard the term, feed the 5,000, right? The thing is, Jesus did an amazing, amazing, magnificent miracle, right? But he did it 
with somebody's yes. And as I was thinking about this, this passage, it occurred to me, that little boy probably took the food that his mama brought with them, right? Moms, moms, you are so awesome because moms think of everything. So in my head, I'm thinking, mom got the family together. She said, could be a long day. Let's pack some food. And they get out there, and all of a sudden they realize, holy cow, sun's going down. We're getting hungry. There's, you know, there's no restaurants around. What are we going to do? And Jesus puts out the call. He tells the disciples, go find out what's available out here. And in my head, I'm just thinking this little boy's like, hey, mom, hey, mom, we got five barley loaves and two fish. And mom's like, uh-uh. We're not, we're not going to pay the price for these knuckleheads who didn't plan ahead. My family's going to eat today. That's an adult reaction. We start thinking about, I need to prepare to take care of me and mine, right? And that's not a bad thing. I'm looking after my family. But sometimes we can miss the opportunity Jesus has for us when he asks us something that seems a little unreasonable. And that's the beautiful thing about kids is they listen. This kid's been listening to Jesus teach all day. It's like, Mom, he's asking us to help. Let's do it. No, this is not what he's talking about, son. You know, we'll, we can help when we leave, but I need to make sure that you and your brothers and sisters and your dad eat. So no. And so in my head, I'm just thinking this little kid, like, he defies his mother. And, and I'm, I don't know that he did. But knowing kids, I'm a dad, <laughs> was a kid's pastor for 10 years. Knowing kids, I'm just thinking this kid responded to Jesus, even though maybe his mom didn't want to respond to Jesus that way. And with that tiny little yes, those five barley loaves, those two fish, 5,000 men, that doesn't include all the moms and all the kids that were in the crowd, fed, they ate, and they were satisfied. And I think, you know, a lot of times when we think about what can I do, we get, we stumble over, I really can't do much. I'm just me. I just do my thing. I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad. I'm just a student. I just do my, my job. I don't really have anything to offer. But I think Jesus is inviting us into something deeper, not saying, hey, man, you're going to feed 5,000 people today. But just, hey, man, say yes. And watch what I can do with that little word. Watch what I can do with your yes. And Cora Ministries is a tiny organization. Okay, Compassion International, anybody ever heard of that? Well, of course, we all have. They, they're going to bring in a billion, with a B, dollars in donations this year. And Cora Ministries is not. Nor a million, right? Like, we are tiny. And about three and a half years ago, I was sitting on a plane in Guatemala City. I had gone to do a, a little uh, contract uh, job with an organization called Hunger Relief International. And we put safe cook stoves in the homes of 30 families in this rural region, southern region in Guatemala. Like people cook over open cook fires there. You think about when you're around a campfire, you know how the smoke always finds you? And then you move and it finds you anyway? That's, that's what people are cooking on over there for hours a day in enclosed areas. So we did this stove project, and, and I had been, I had taken groups from my church to this same region for, for several years. And I'm sitting on the plane coming home, and I'm like, Lord, there are 65 villages just like the ones I was in this week, just in this one region in southern Guatemala. And I want every kid to have enough to eat. I want every kid to have clean water. And I want every single family not to ever have to stand around and open cook fire again. And I have no idea how that's going to happen, Lord. I mean, that's just, that's mind-boggling and overwhelming. And over the next year, with that little seed planted in my heart, God began to show me just how we could start doing some things. And a year later, it was about two months after I met Pastor Trevor, we launched at about the same time. We launched Ancora Ministries because we realized 
We don't need a zillion dollars to begin to serve Jesus. We just need to say yes to him. And along the way, I met some really great people who, they have created this miracle product called chispuditos, which means little sparks in Spanish. This little bag, weighs a pound, has a full month's worth of nutrition for a child. This has all of the vitamins and minerals that a child needs to grow to his or her maximum developmental potential. In Guatemala, half of the kids under age five are malnourished. In the villages where we work, that number when we start working there has historically been 75%. Um, how many kids are in Rad Kids generally? About 40. So imagine that 30 of your children over there, 30 of the 40, didn't have what they needed to live a complete healthy life. 75%. The thing about nutrition is this. It's not just about getting enough to eat. And, and getting enough to eat is important. But in Guatemala, it's about getting the right things to eat. Getting the things to eat that's going to make you be everything that you could be, to maximize your developmental potential. And what happens really is it happens in the brain. So in the first thousand days of life, from conception to a child's second birthday, the brain is at its most elastic. And what that means is this, these, are, these pictures are not like altered. So the picture on the left is the brain of a three-year-old child that has had the proper nutrition his or her entire lifetime. And that brain on the right is a child that is also three years old and malnourished. And that difference in size is very literal and very real. That's what happens when you don't have all of the nutrition you need. And so I like, I was a kid's pastor for a long time, so I like props. So this balloon, let's pretend it's a brain. Let's pretend this is a two-year-old's brain, and this two-year-old has been able to have all of the vitamins and nutrients and minerals that he needed in the first two years of his life. So this balloon size represents his brain's maximum potential. By the time you reach two, your brain still grows, but this like sets the bar for what you're going to be able to do for the rest of your life. Now, this may represent my brain potential because I've had all the vitamins and minerals that I needed, but I'm still responsible, right, over the course of my lifetime based on the decisions that I make, based on what happens in my family. Like, I may or may not reach this full potential, but this is the potential that I have because I have been properly nourished for the first two years of my life. In Guatemala... My brain may be like this. So even if I reach my maximum developmental potential, I'm never going to be what I could have been. In my kids' pastor days, I used to tell kids all the time, God has a plan for your life. And you don't want to miss it. But what happens when we don't equip our children to be everything that God created them to be? Now, can God do anything? Absolutely, he can. But do we have within our power the ability to help kids be everything that God created them to be? Absolutely. So in Guatemala, when we start working with communities, we always begin with what we call the preschool nutrition program. And that's for kids. We start them at age six months because when they're babies, mama's breast milk, even if mama is not getting great nutrition, the human body is amazing. God is amazing in the way he created us because even a malnourished mama, her breast milk is going to give her baby everything that he or she needs. But at six months, when babies start eating other things, that's when those deficits begin. So we start our preschool nutrition program at age six months. We don't stop it at age two because we want to keep giving kids the, those developmental building blocks they need as long as we can. And so what the research tells us is that, we're, that if we continue to give them these chispuditos every day, and it's a tablespoon a day, a tablespoon a day, until their sixth birthday, we are really setting them up for a different future than what they're looking at right now. It's 
pretty astounding. And what's even more astounding, this bag costs about $5. $5 a month. We can give a child all of the nutrition that he or she needs to be, to maximize his or her developmental potential. I want to show you a couple of pictures of two little girls that are, um, they're pretty special to me. This little girl's name is um, Kimberly. When I met Kimberly in January of 2021, she lives in a, a little community called El Salce, Guatemala. She was five years old, so she's almost seven. Actually, she might be seven. But when she was five, she weighed 30 pounds. 30 pounds. She looked like a three-year-old kid. The next little girl I want to show you is Alexa. And when I met Alexa in January of 2021, she was six years old. And she was not as severely underweight as Kimberly. She was a little underweight. But what I noticed about Alexa is she never talked. She seemed to have some sort of pretty significant developmental delay. And our team, we have a team in Guatemala that works. They, they live in and around these communities. And, and they're the ones, I mean, they're really the superheroes because they're, they're making this amazing mission happen. But I get to go down, I try to go down about four times a year. So I've gotten to see Kimberly and Alexa over the almost last two years now begin to grow. And what's awesome is neither one of them is malnourished anymore. In fact, I told you that 75% number, we've got nutrition programs in... I got to count, I got to use my fingers here. Um, we're in 10 communities in Guatemala, and with a 75% starting rate of malnutrition, our malnutrition rate in every single one of those communities right now is zero. But here's what's even better, y'all. Every time I go into these communities, I get, I get to know the people and the kids better. And every time I've gone into these communities, like the kids, uh, the, the more I'm there, the more they, they relate to me and they come up to me. And like last December was the first time I walked into El Salce and the kids were finally ran up to me and gave me hugs. I'd been there for a full year. But in the almost two years that I've been working in El Salce, I have watched these two, Kimberly and Alexa. They always cling to their mamas. They never talk. They don't engage with the other kids. It's just, you know, they, they might have hit their ideal weight range, but I'm watching them, and they're not like the other kids. And up until a month ago, when I was there in October, I had never seen Alexa talk. And I walk into El Salce in October, and these two come running up to me. They're like, Pastor Trey's here. Pastor Trey, Pastor Trey. And they're like, they would not leave me alone. They're tugging on my arm. They're like, Pastor Trey, watch this. Watch me dance. Watch me play. Hey, I got a question for you. And I mean, the whole time I was there, they were acting like kids is what they were doing. And when I think about what we're trying to do, we want kids to be healthy. We don't want kids to just survive. We want them to thrive. And seeing the, the impact that giving them this basic and oh-so-important thing every day until they're six years old, it doesn't just get them into a, an ideal weight range so I can go around and tell you that we're at 0% malnutrition. It's turned kids like Kimberly and Alexa into the kind of kids that we want to see our kids be. Curious, energetic, healthy, not being sick all the time. When you see that, you begin to think, there's real potential here. Because as awesome as it is that we don't have any malnourished kids in our communities right now, what happens in 10 years when Kimberly and Alexa become moms, or 15 years? And instead of starting here, starting parenthood at this level, like their parents and grandparents and every other generation for probably the past 200 years have started, they're going to start parenthood here. And when you start parenthood here, what's going to happen with your kids? So it's exciting, like, what's happening now. But what really gets me excited is what's El Salsa going to look like in 10, 15, 20 years? What could it look like in 50 years? Maybe we're not talking about kids who are barely surviving, kids who don't even have the, the cognitive ability to want to go, like, in, in Guatemala, 
public school stops at sixth grade, then you have to start paying. And it's not expensive. And, and a lot of these families probably could find the money to keep going, but there's no, there's no drive to because their brains have not developed that curiosity and that stamina and that strength and that drive. Well, what happens when the kids have that now? What happens when more kids start going to secondary school, more kids start going to high school, to university, and now this community that is literally at the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere that nobody over there gives a rip about is a community that has opportunity. And now it's a, it's a community that's not, you know, downtrodden and forgotten. It's a community where kids are becoming what God designed them to be. I don't know what that's going to look like, but it sure gets me excited about it. And it gets me excited that we're in two of those 65 communities in that region. And in January, we're going to launch into a third community. And what we look for is always, is anybody working there? Nope then that's where we want to be. Is, is, is there any resource here? Nope. Then that's where we want to be. We want to be looking to take care of those, just like Pastor Trevor said. We want to be looking out for the people that nobody else is looking out for. And that's really, that, that's what we're about. We want kids to be everything that God created them to be. And I have a couple of calls to action that I want to share with you today. And one of them is simply this. Like, you, I mean, you, you might go, eh, that guy sounds good, but I don't know him. That's okay. When I'm out at the table today, I invite you to sign up to be a part of our, our email list so that you can begin to read about what we're doing and, and you can get to know us. It's sort of like, you know, we're not even dating. You can just, you, can just, you know, stalk us from afar and decide, um, does, does, does Ancora Ministries resonate? Like, is what that guy talked about, is that really what they're doing? And if it is, then, then I can find out about it. I do want to give you a, a caveat. Giving Tuesday is Tuesday, and I'm going to send like a zillion emails out between today and Wednesday. I normally send out one email a month. So don't freak out if you sign up and you're like, this guy is just begging me for money. Yes, but only until Wednesday, okay? Um, sign up anyway and just, you know, you can, you can just not even open emails for me until, after, you know, until Wednesday, okay? Um, but sign up. Find out who we're about. Um, then there's sort of this mid-level um, call to action. We invite you to partner with us financially because we're, we're supported. We have two churches that, that partner with us. Radical is one of them, and there's a church in, in Del Rio that partners with us. We don't have access to tons of money, so really the fuel for what we do, it happens from people just like you who are like, I love that, and I want to be a part of it. And you know, Paul says we are one body and many parts. That means that, you know, I get to get up here and talk about all the cool stuff, but every person that, that donates to, to Ancora Ministries, they're just as important a part of, of what I get to tell you about. We all, together, make it happen. And I want to remind you of something, two things, actually. The word yes, which is a tiny little word, and the number five, which is a tiny little number that can do really big things. Just five dollars? can literally change a child's life. So if you're thinking, well, I don't have a zillion dollars, man, neither do I. But you know what? Five dollars will make a difference for a kid. So I invite you to partner with us that way. And then just, just to up the ante just a little bit, I know I'm running out of time, Pastor, I'm sorry. But if you want to touch it, if you want to feel it, if you want to get a firsthand look at it, I'm going to take a team over in June to see the work that we're doing. And we'll, we'll find ways for our team to, to work in the community. We're not going to build something and, and do something for people because our model is we partner with communities. We work together because we want to empower the people who live there to be self-sufficient and resilient. And, and we don't want to be the gringos to come in and save the day. They don't need us to save the day. What we want to do is, is fill in gaps where there are gaps and work together. So when we take a team over there, we're going to work with these communities on the, the projects and the programs that Ancora is already doing in and with these communities so that, that we can see what we're, what's happening and we can be with the people we're not going to be doing for the people. So if that's something that's interesting to you and you want to know more about it, 
talk to me at the table after the service or sign up for the email list or, you know, my card's out there. You can send me an email. We can talk. There's a zillion ways that we can talk about that. But um, I just, I appreciate you guys so much uh, allowing me to be here today and share with you. Um, if your heart gets beating just a little faster when you hear stuff like this, and I encourage you to pray about what God might be saying to you. If your heart started beating faster when Paige was talking about Chi Alpha, don't walk out of here today and not take a next step. Say yes. And just like, like Pastor Trevor said, yes doesn't mean you're going to get sent to Nepal or Africa or Guatemala and have to sell all your things. It just means you're saying, hey, Lord, I'm inviting you in to see what you can do with my little yes. That's really how we all, we all can participate in missions and we all can begin to, to engage maybe a little differently than we have, maybe, maybe even more differently than, than we've ever known we could before. And I'm going to leave you with one last scripture, and that is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And it goes so well with the word yes. Paul says, actually, I'm going to read it because I will butcher it otherwise. Verse 20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That tiny little word, yes, is kind of like a, a green light for God to do his thing in us and through us. I think really we all want that, don't we? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this community. And thank you, Lord, for missionaries like Paige and Kylan and, 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 and for people who are looking to, to serve you and to look after your people here, there, and everywhere. Lord, we want to say yes to you, and we ask that you would direct every single one of us in this room today, not just to say yes to you, Lord, but that we would be obedient in what that yes looks like, whether it's going to an event, whether it's partnering financially, or whether it's something completely different. We just don't want to miss out, Lord, on what you have for us. We love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you. I, I know I went over time. Hey, man, I love Mr. Trey Williams and Cora Ministries. Uh, obviously, Paige and Kylan from Chi Alpha. These are just a few of the missionaries that we support. There's actually a couple uh, more that are actually in the building today. So, um, But I can't wait for next week. And let me tell you why. Next week is our miracle offering, okay? I'm going to leave you with this. Um, I want you to come prepared to give. I want you to come prepared to be generous. Why? Because I say it all the time, we give because he gave. Jesus gave everything that he had so that we could have an amazing, abundant life that he promised that we could have. That doesn't mean our life's gonna be perfect, but it means that he's with us uh, through every challenge and every trial that we go through. So uh, we have many organizations. We're gonna have a video for you next week. There's many more organizations and missionaries that we have not even talked about yet that we are going to talk about in a, in a video next week. It'll be a long video presentation where you'll get to see everything that we are going to do next year to support uh, missionaries and organizations locally, regionally, and globally as a church. But what I want you to do today, uh, I know it's almost 1130, but I would really encourage you, please stop by the tables, hang out with them just for a minute. Even if you just say, hey, thanks for being here today, right? It takes a lot of guts to get up and, and to present and to honestly, let's be real, it takes a lot to just ask for money and to ask for support. It's difficult to do that, okay? And so uh, just give them some props even if it's just a handshake and say, hey, thank you for what you're doing. God bless you, you know, and, and maybe get on that email list or, or learn a little bit more, take a pamphlet or whatever it might be, uh, but just encourage them uh, as you go out today. Hey, let's pray together and then we'll come back next week for Miracle Offering Sunday. Father God, I thank you uh, for today that we just get to highlight a few of the missionaries that we support, a few of the people that are doing amazing work all around the world. Uh, today, we're talking about Texas State, a place that definitely needs Jesus, Lord. We know that there's so many students there that need to hear a message of love and of grace, of mercy, 
And Father, I pray that they would get connected to Chi Alpha and to Paige and to Kylan and to this group of amazing people that are going to support them, lift them up through their college years that are just so formative and so difficult for so many students. And, and it really uh, is a time where they need to figure out who they are. And Lord, I pray that they would find out their identity is in you and not in this world. And then for these children and these families that are in Guatemala that, that Trey and Encora Ministries are supporting, Lord, uh, Lord, I pray that you would give uh, many, many more resources to this organization so where they can help these children uh, be nourished in the way that they need to so they can grow to the God-given potential that they have within them. Lord, we, we want the best for our children, and I certainly want the best for the children that are across the globe. And so, Lord, help us to see that, that being a Christian and living this life following Jesus is not just a about us, but it's about giving our time, our effort, our finances, everything that we have for others in this world as well. And Lord, help each and every one of us uh, as we pray and as we ask what you would have us to give next week at the miracle offering. Lord Jesus, that you would put a number on our heart, whatever that is, whether it's $5 to pay for uh, one of those bags that will nourish a child for an entire month whether it's $50 or whether it's 500, I don't know, it could even be 5,000. I have no idea what you're gonna put on somebody's heart today. But Lord, I believe that as we uh, give and as we are generous, Lord, that and we're, you're gonna bless us, Father, as we give and as we are generous as a church. I believe that we're gonna have more finances, more provision that's gonna come. And that's just gonna enable us to do more next year and do more next year and do more next year, add more partners and add more people. And so, Father, I thank you for every person uh, that does give and that is a part of this church. Lord, every person that's in this place today, would you bless them? Would you give them extra, more than above provision and finances so that they're able to give over and above, uh, not just to the miracle offering, but to give to people in their lives that are in need and that need help. Father, we thank you. As your name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, can't wait for next week, Miracle Offering Sunday. We'll see you then. God bless you.